Hello world and welcome to another episode of Spider Bites. I'm your host, Adam Turvitt. Up front, I want to apologize. There's a little bit of background noise today. Uh, I am actually on a business trip in Miami and it seems like no matter where I go, I can't get away from the traffic. But uh, hopefully that won't come through in this recording. Today, we've got a great episode for you today. I get to visit with Gabriella, who is a coding bootcamp graduate, meaning she started off in another industry and then went to a specialized school so that she could learn to code and now has a, a career as a software engineer. This is a great conversation that goes over quite a few different subjects, and I know you're going to enjoy it. So we'll get it right into talking with Gabriella right after these messages. This podcast is sponsored by Spider Oak. At Spider Oak, we believe privacy and security are important, and it's our mission to secure the world's data. From secure data compartments for collaboration and data storage, to protecting your backups with end-to-end encryption, or even protecting communications in space, we want to be part of your plan to protect your most important data. Learn more at spideroak.com. Welcome back to Spider Bites, the Spider Oak podcast. Today, I am very pleased to be joined by Gabriella Voiku. Gabriella, welcome. Thank you, Adam. Um, hi, I'm Gabriella. I'm a software engineer from Chicago, Illinois. Um, I am a bootcamp grad and have been um, coding away for the past six and a half years. Awesome. So. Tell us a little bit uh, about your, you know, about your background, something interesting, maybe that some people don't know about you. I have thought about this um, because I've done a lot of these in the past, right? So now how do you come up with new things? But I realized that uh, the way you come up is by abandoning hobbies. So I, um, I can sew. I am very good at sewing by hand, uh, which is a very useful skill to have so as to mm-hmm. not lose clothes you care. Um, and then I also have a sewing machine that I've probably had at this point for like a decade, uh, and I still don't know how to use it. I've tried and failed a number of times. It is very hard. That's so funny. A few <laughs> years back, my mother gave my wife and my sister-in-law sewing machines for Christmas, and the the people that ended up using them were me and my brother. Uh, but... I have to tell you, men don't use sewing machines. Men use thread injectors. Oh, is that what you call them? That's right. It's much more manly than a sewing machine. It's a thread injector. <laughs> it sounds very like technical, too. I'm going to start telling people I have a thread injector at home. Yes, a that, thread injector. <laughs> that probably needs oil and a little love to work again. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. So... Tell us a little bit about in, in your professional life. What what mm-hmm. things do you do? And then, you know, in that capacity, what are the, the security and privacy concerns that the problems in that area that you're worried about mm-hmm. and, you know, some of the, the strategies and tools you use to mitigate against those? Yeah. So um, I have been working uh, mostly with like startups my entire career. Um, I was at a startup for like two and a half years and then I've been freelancing since then. So I end up, you know, working on like smaller teams. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously that means that the vast majority of the time we don't have a security team. Right. So we need to implement at least the absolute very basic, uh, you know, safeguards to keep the website online, right? Like protect from attacks, um, keep our users' information secure, protect from, you know, malicious actors, um, 
you know, it's happened and where we've been, you know, where um, access to like a, a company account was compromised that, you know, bad things happened. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, I think these are kind of like the big ones that I've dealt with, but in terms of, right, but that, um, you know, you end up having to use a lot of things to, to, um, to secure your, your, your client's um, website, right? So like on the, on the employee side, right? Like we make sure that everybody is using a password manager mm-hmm. that we only, you know, put um, passwords on there that we share it like that, right? So that it's like harder to, um, you know, to, to compromise the, the passwords like that. Um, and then, you know, I very recently, um, I've learned that, you know, even, um, (laughs) we were, uh, okay. So we, I had a client and we were getting like hit every day. Uh, you know, people were trying to access like my PHP.admin and it's like, we're a rails app on Heroku. So it's, it's a very brute force kind of attack. It's almost kind of insulting. Um, but, um, you know, there was a very like pretty straightforward solution. Like there's a Ruby gem that like will block IPs. So, um, you know, I didn't need to take a security course to figure that out. So that was, that was pretty exciting. Um, yeah. And then also like a tool that I, I didn't necessarily think of before as being like a security tool, it code reviews, right? Mm-hmm. Like reading the code to make sure that like one, you're not like putting, um, you know, sensitive information on GitHub, but then also to that, um, you know, you're not letting through SQL injections and and stuff like that. Um, I think, right, like, I think a big thing that I learned through this, right, that it's not about necessarily the tool itself, right? Like, there's a variety of password managers out there. They're all really good, right? But it's about the practice, right? Yeah, yeah. The system, having the system in place, right? Yeah, and getting people to, like, you know, change habits is extremely hard. Um, and yeah. yeah, it's interesting you mentioned code review. That I I've heard. Of course, I'm not a software engineer, but I work with software engineers all day long, and uh, that's an interesting practice because I think not only do you improve the quality of code, but it, it's a lot like proofreading a document. You know, with a second set of eyes, you never know what you're going to catch and it just it inc- increases the security as well as the quality of of that thing that is reviewed. Yeah, exactly. And that goes back to the idea of it's a security practice, right? Like it is very much a matter of thinking of like, how could this be used maliciously, right? Like, have we left any opening for somebody mm-hmm. to exploit this? And, you know, sure, you can get like a checklist of things, but it's not like, let me, I don't know, use this program and it will make sure my code is fine. Like we don't, yeah, there's no silver bullet for that. And and sometimes if you've spent, you know, three days on a piece of, uh, you know, a bunch of code, in some ways you you get to the point where you don't see it accurately yourself because you're so close to it. And so having someone who's not that close, uh, that that can help catch a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. And I also know the feeling of like working three days on a thing and then just being so done with it that even though perhaps you know what the right thing to do is, you just don't have the bandwidth anymore. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so usually like when that happens, I'll notice it and go talk to somebody and be like, Hey, is it okay that I did this? And they're like, well, you really should X. And then I'm like, I know I'll go do it. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. You know, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, a a PHP attack on a, a stack that's running on Ruby on rails. Sometimes it feels like the majority of of security related attacks are kind of like that. They're they're looking for very low hanging fruit. And sometimes that may be all you need to do is make sure that all of your low hanging fruit is taken care of. Yeah. And and you you, you have to, right? Because the, I guess what they're relying on is that somebody won't. Yeah. <laughs> right? yeah. And and if you and if you take care of that. Um, you know, and I think you kind of end up as you're building, right? Like as you're putting things in place that will like fix that and, and mitigate it and also kind of like perhaps warn you of other things, right? Because I think another thing that I think about with security is, you know, you might not be able to necessarily stop the uh, attack completely, but like you want to find out as soon as possible, mm-hmm. right. right? To be able to, you know, I don't know what it, it will vary, right? Um, but I think that's that's very important. Yeah, the security announcements you're always pleased to see are the ones that say, we found a security bug. As far as we know, there's been no impact, but we fixed it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are good emails to get. We uh, we don't get enough of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, you. that's exactly what I was going to say. Usually it's like, a year and a half ago, somebody <laughs> compromised your entire information. Good luck. Yeah. Uh, well, tell me on the, you know, on the professional side, mm-hmm. you, you mentioned a lot of really great things. How about on the, in your personal life, are there any additional things that you do for privacy and, or security that are in, outside of the things that you do professionally? Yeah, so I think definitely being in this industry has opened my eyes to what is possible. Um, and kind of like to go back to your like point about low-hanging fruit, right? Like if somebody wants to steal somebody's like credit card information to buy something, they don't care who they're doing it for. So then, you know, it is reasonable to assume that I might be a target, right? Right. Um, so, you know, I obviously do some of the same stuff. Like I have a password manager. I use one password. I have, um, I have set up multi-factor authentication on, you know, a lot of, a lot of my accounts, not all of them, definitely email, absolutely most important, um, very strong password, uh, multi-factor. I use an app for it. I use Google authenticator, um, you know, um, SMS based, um, authentication is no longer recommended, um, it is not um, very safe. And then, you know, a thing that I, I, I realized a few years ago is that I have so much sensitive information on my laptop, mm-hmm. which can be very easily like lost or stolen, right? Um, unlike a lot of other things that are like in our digital lives, like somebody could physically pick up my laptop and, and walk away, right? And even though, you know, I have a strong password, it's encrypted. I need the information on it. Um, so I've, I've been using, so I have, a a, a, you know, a physical drive at home that where I back everything up encrypted. And then I also use spider Oaks one, um, um, uh, cloud-based solution. So I have at least two copies 
you know, to, you know, to make sure that I, you know, have all of my um, documents if I, if I need to. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, and, you know, that's the rule of three. It's very flattering that you use our backup for your cloud backup. But I think the important thing is that you have, you've covered the, what's on your laptop. You've got another local copy and you've got a copy stored somewhere else, in this case in the cloud. You know, following that rule of three, that is so important for all kinds of reasons. If, you know, heaven forbid there's a fire, well, you, yeah. you need to have that offsite backup. And it's definitely always more convenient to restore from a local backup in case something happens to your laptop and you get a new one. So, yeah, uh, that is that is so important to to take care of files that way yeah i i but isn't that rule of three that i'm supposed to have like three backups because i feel like, like i'm quote-unquote failing at that because i have two backups technically well yeah three three total copies <laughs> oh three total copies okay okay perfect yeah. i haven't had <laughs> yeah i haven't had time to like triple check this but um yeah, it's it is extremely important. Like yeah. think about all the things that you have on your machine that you would miss. And and you know, like I'm I'm saying like important stuff, right? Like thinking text documents, stuff like that. But it's like, what about like photos of like your spouse and children, right? Like right. those are things that are hard slash impossible to replace. Yeah. Uh years ago when my dad first started, you know, my my parents try hard on technology things. They're a little bit older and uh, my dad got hit with a ransomware attack. And this was, uh, this was yeah. years back, but the thing he was most upset about were the photos on his hard drive. Right. Yeah. So those, those sometimes that's more important than the documents. <laughs> right. How about for your phone? Cause you know, you made a great point about physical, you know, you can physically lose your laptop. Uh, I think all of us have a lot of important stuff on our phones as well. So what do you do for that? Oh, yeah, that is a very, very good point. Um, so for that, I have everything backed up in um, the cloud, Apple's cloud. Um, and then I have a passcode. I do have um, face ID. Mm -hmm. That's, you know, I go back and forth on it. It's very convenient. Um, everything is encrypted. So if, if my phone does get stolen, right, like people won't have access to the information on it. Right. right. Um, and yeah, I had the password manager I have on there too. That's also where I have my, um, MFA app. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And the photos I, I've gone back and forth on whether I want Apple to have them, uh, <laughs> just for a variety of reasons, but. Um, yeah, I do have them backed up for, yeah. I, you know, that's, that's something I struggle with too. I, I also have, I use Apple for my mobile devices and I, I struggle with that too because their photo software is really good <laughs> and backing it up with their stuff is awfully convenient. When I learned that you can like search in the photos app by like the content of an image. Like I can search for a chair and it'll show me photos of chairs. Like it's just mind boggling. Oh, one thing I forgot to mention is using encrypted messaging. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Apple's iMessage is allegedly uh, encrypted, but nobody has access to the code. So right. 
Um, and also like if you're texting Android users, you're going over just straight up um, GSM networks. So I use Signal for, um, for my messages and it works very well because, so on iOS, you need to have like a separate app, but with like Android users, they can somehow integrate it with like their messaging app and it doesn't um, interfere with um, the experience that much. Right. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I like most about Android. My work phone is in Android, and oh, okay. you Signal just replaces the the default SMS uh, app. It's pretty slick. Yeah, kind of wish we could do that on iPhone too. It would be nice. Well, Gabriella, you've you've given us a lot of really great insights, <laughs> and I appreciate all the things that you've shared. We like to wrap these interviews up by uh, asking you for a favorite quote. Do you have a quote you want to share with us? Do I do? I thought about this. I really, I like this question. Um, so a quote that I've been thinking a lot about, especially in the past like year and a half um, has been, if you get tired, learn to rest, not to quit. And this has been attributed to Banksy. I don't know if it's true, um, but I think it's, it's very good in the context of privacy and security, but also like, you know, um, your life when you get at work, even, you know, in personal life, when we get so like tired that things start feeling hopeless. So, you know, that's yeah. a, it's a good reminder to slow down, rest and, and then pick up again tomorrow or in a month. Yeah. And after, you know, after the craziness of the last year and a half, I think, all of us need to learn how to rest. That's a great quote. I'd never heard that before. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, Gabrielle, again, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, uh, in the show notes, we'll we'll have links to some of the things that Gabriella mentioned. So thank you again for your time. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on, Adam. My yeah, pleasure. All right. Well, stay tuned. In a couple of days, we'll have another episode of Spider Bites. Thanks again for listening. For all of us at Spider Oak, I'm Adam Turvitt. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please consider subscribing. If you're interested in joining us as a guest on Spider Bites, send me an email at podcast at spideroak-inc.com. We'd like to thank Melgraves for our theme music, Earshot. We'd also like to extend a special thanks to our law firm, Dewey, Cheatham, and Howe, our cruise activity planner, Eaton Doolittle, and our nutrition consultants, Eaton Right and Livin' Good, and our staffing agency, Click and Clack. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>